and gentlemen, welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. Today I have Brian DJ Toasty and Kelly Kells. <laughs> Happy to have you both here. Um, so this one I'm pretty pumped about. Um, we have the three of us here and we are all three DJs. We've all been DJs for like quite a while um, in different areas and different fields and we've crossed different paths in, in different ways. So I want to... Um, just kind of like start from the inside and and branch out and kind of explain our world of DJing from from this side of the decks, you know. So um, I think I'm gonna start. I want to ask you guys about how you got started with DJing. So I'm gonna start with that. Um, I'll tell kind of my intro story. So Kelly knows it very well. I Tosi, if you didn't know, I got into DJing um, through Kelly. He. Uh, we had met up through a mutual friend and we were just BSing about, uh, man, it seemed to be like Bass Nectar or something that I don't really like that much now, but we really liked that <laughs> album back then. Um, but, uh, so we just got bonding over that and I just like, I had this opportunity I was like, man, like I always really thought DJing was so cool and you were just like, what? That's so cool that you think that. Let me show you everything. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I was probably crying that night. I was so pumped. That, like, Because <laughs> oh I, I, you know, I just thought, I'd, you know, you didn't think that w when you think about this art form, DJing, even mm, yeah. uh, any art form, you think that there's like gatekeepers and like you feel kind of embarrassed to ask about it. Right. So, but anyway, so, you, so we, we can touch on that certainly, but um, you made me feel super comfortable. Um, over the next few months, you had showed me a couple of things. I came over to your house and uh, you then let me borrow you then let me borrow your mixer for a couple months, and that was like, I mean, that's like the rest of my life. That definitely set me down a path, so I definitely am grateful for that. Uh, so Kelly started me out here. Um, but so uh, before that, when I had like just flirted with it, I actually had this moment at the Gorge before I had asked you, before I, whatever even gave me the courage to ask you to show me, I had this moment at the Gorge uh, where I was watching Cascade on the hill. And I was by myself, and my friends had floated off, and it was just this like euphoric moment where it was like, I wonder if, if I could do something, maybe, maybe I can make people feel how he's making me feel. It was this like, I wonder if, and then that's when I kind of decided that, that I wanted to flirt with the world of DJing and making music. So that was my like falling in love with the art of, of DJing and music and Kelly, you skyrocketed me out there. And then from there, it was just the, the history behind that. I've been DJing for eight years, I think now, something like that. Um, and that's just expanded to everything. We started with EDM, um, and then I just you play a little bit of everything now. You go into clubs and bars and weddings and CTSOs and corporate events and stuffy stuff. I've DJed a funeral once. So that was strange. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's a wake. We have to call it a wake because oh. that's, uh, it's, for some reason, oh. that's that means not funeral. Um, it actually really wasn't that bad. But anyway, the, the point being is... Uh, we, we, we all kind of get into DJing and our art forms in different ways. So there's kind of a little step into the water of how I got mine. So let's go ahead and go to you, Kels. Um, what, what did you get started DJing and, and like what even led you to, to take that step towards it? Um, so I moved up to Bellingham when uh, I was, I was uh, right out of high school, moved up there and uh, uh, just kind of, you know, sat down with a few of my friends and we're like hey we know this cool hookah bar we want to go mm. so went down there and there's this hole in the wall it's called the cobra lounge um and this guy walked in there and really cool like um murals on the wall like couches everywhere who like hookah lounge pretty cool right 
this guy named DJ Einstein cool. was was yeah, very cool name. <laughs> um, was uh, spinning that night, and he just the way he DJed like mm. made everything just so cool and just so dynamic and it was a cool environment it was just like wow like this is really cool like i want to do that kind of thing you know and and uh from there i just kind of researched it and i saved up a little bit of money for some speakers and my first mixer and um yeah it went from there and then we uh, we had this big eight bedroom house as a duplex and uh we had parties every once in a while and uh they're always like, Kelly, you're, you're gonna you're gonna play tonight. I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Heck yeah. So, um, just kind of got started there, and then, um, yeah, I, it, yeah, I just really snowballed from there. Like, yeah. uh, doors open up, right? You start meeting different yeah. people, get different gigs. Yeah. So, eventually, um, I think what was, I was at that point where it was still. There were still vinyls being played, too. Mm. Wait, um, do you remember, like, what year-ish this was? Uh, wait, how old are you? I'm, I'm 30. You're 30? Okay, yeah. yeah. You're so, only two years older than me, so... Vinyls, yeah, that's crazy, because I, like, skipped over vinyls. Um, I guess to, like, really, like, timestamp it yeah. is, like, right when Rusco came out. Like, Wubus got me into dubstep. Yo, that's crazy. My first show that got me into even enjoying EDM was, was Rusco, too. Yeah. yeah. So, um... I just remember like even being in, in the back room and this this person actually played a, a big part of it too. Uh, his name was Greg Jones and uh, him and his buddy David were DJs and Greg's, Greg's, Greg and I are in the back room of, of where I was working at the time and he goes, dude, have you ever heard of this? And you know, there was like house music, there's like Daft Punk and like Justice and all those kind of guys that were out. So I was kind of listening to those, and that kind of got me into that. But then finally, it like, I've never heard of this. Like, what the what what is this? Like, and it just got me hooked. So, yeah, dubstep and DJing kind of just went hand in hand, and mm-hmm. I kind of took off from there. So, um, one house party led to another house party. I think I did it for like, there was a house party after house party for like three months straight. Of course, and it just and that kind of got me like, uh, kind of like help me um i don't know how to say it like just get better yeah, at djing forces you to learn i mean it throws you yeah. to the wolves and it's like perform man you're you're in a right. spotlight yeah you know? yeah so trial and error you know yeah. uh and yeah that's uh came home met you yeah and kind of the rest is history yeah we started doing some bigger shows and stuff yeah well, okay, dope, cool. Uh, that's DJ Kells, and so now we got Toasty, <laughs> DJ Toasty, man. Give me some of your background. I really don't even know the it. legend. Oh my gosh, it's the man. You guys are gonna make me feel old. So, so I uh, I actually started DJing in '95. Okay. So I was in high four. I won't make you feel old. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so um, I started because uh, we had mobile DJs coming in doing our high school dances, and they were older, and they're like way older like 30 plus and so they were playing music that i mean really wasn't connecting with anybody and so i you know i said i could do that and it's funny you know now um i think back and i got into it too because i'd go to the high school dances and i was kind of the outcast i didn't dance you know i was very awkward um i loved music um 
classically trained piano, saxophone, bassoon, trombone, um, played all those instruments growing up. But I, you know, I didn't like the music that the guy was playing and I didn't, I, I couldn't dance. So it was like, okay, what, I want to go to these functions because that's yeah. part of that whole social, yeah. you know, growth thing. Um, how am I going to be still involved? And so I hooked up with a guy um, locally, um, Scott Nelling, who owns Music More DJs. Um, okay. Great guy. Um, and I said, hey, you know, I I don't have the music library because in 95, you had, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't like you just go to Spotify or, yeah, you know. Like before LimeWire even. Yeah. You, could, you couldn't just go buy music. I mean, you could, sorry, you couldn't go, f- quote, find music. You actually had to have a collection. And so he hooked me up. Um, he said, yeah, I'll let you rent my my mobile gig set up. And so we had way too many speakers and blew too many breakers the next dance. And it was it was amazing. It was so much fun. Um, so that was 95. Um, started, um, graduated high school, went off to college for a little bit, um, came back. And there was a place that opened up uh, in town. It's on the corner of Commerce in Florida right now. Um, it's the Roxy Heath Coffee. That whole building used to be called South Pacific. So that was like 2000 to 2005. And so um, I went in there and they, they, it was funny because they had started with, with house music because that's what the owners liked. And it, it was way before the EDM boom. And so nobody in town, nobody wanted to hear house music. And so they'd have like two DJs that were just working it and good DJs, fantastic mm-hmm. DJs, and I loved it. I went in there a couple times, I'm like, oh my God, this is, you know, I would have loved it, too. it was fantastic. It, and I had started listening to, um, I grew up, you know, listening to alternative music, um, you know, grunge and STP and, and Alice in Chains and Red Hot Chili Peppers and that whole Nirvana, that whole age of grunge. Um, but I'd really gotten into like Euro dance. Um, it's going to sound cheesy saying it, but Vanga Boys and uh, Tune Limited and, you know, that whole pop house, oh, yeah. For your cheesy time, pop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sweet. you know, uh, Chemical Brothers, you know, that whole genre of music, just um, Prodigy. Um, so I just, I fell in love with that type of music, but there was no place to play it. There was no place to listen to it. Um, there wasn't online mixes back then, you know. So anyway, stumbled into to this South Pacific and they had these house DJs, loved it, but there was nobody there. They're all over at the casino next door because uh, they did top 40 pop over there. And so I talked to the owners and I said, hey, you know, I'm a mobile DJ and, you know, I, I'll play any type of music you want to play. And they're like, yeah, we'll give you a shot. So started playing there um, and just did kind of an open format wedding reception mix of music. And at the end of the night, the last 30 minutes, I'd always play house. And the people that wanted to listen to the house were there, you know, and if the people that didn't want to listen to the house, then they just kind of trickle out the front door and it was okay. The owners were cool with it. So, um, did that, got hooked up with, uh, concept entertainment. Um, so that place closed in 05, 2005, then got hooked up with concept entertainment, became their music director, um, and oversaw music programming for um, seven different locations in Portland. So Thirsty Lion Chain, Grand Central Bowl, Lotus. Um, there was a couple other places, but the main one that I was working at was Barracuda, which was the largest nightclub in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, 1,100 person capacity on average, DJing between eight and 1,500 people. Cause sometimes we'd push capacities. So that was definitely a... Um, getting thrown to the wolves because South Pacific was like 200 people max. 
and you have different different room sizes have definitely different energies different speed of mixing um just different skill sets a million different dynamics with yeah the situation here. and honestly a 1100 person room is a lot easier to dj for than like a 150 person room um you know because they're all there 1100 people they're not going anywhere mm-hmm. you can get away with whatever you want to play and so that you know when the odds of there being somebody at least bobbing their head or correct. somebody enjoying it because that's what the crowds need someone to give them permission to dance i mean that's how a lot of crowds work so yep if, if there's one per even one group, if you can get 30 people happy out of a huge group like that, you're, you're getting it. Everybody's happy, yeah. yeah. So um, did that for a while. Um, they ended up um, shifting their focus and um, expanding their Thirsty Lion brand, which is uh, a gastropub design. Um, and so they actually closed Barracuda, uh, and they closed a couple of the other locations that were just high risk, uh, meaning liquor sales as opposed to food sales. And so they closed those down. Um, I made a career change, got into IT um, at that time, um, but have still kind of dabbled in. Um, I had a residency over in Bend for three years. I was doing that once a month. Um, um, do a lot of consulting for um, sound installs and uh, promotions and marketing. So I kind of get to keep my toes in the nightclub piece mm-hmm. of it, but not be out late, you know, past 9 p.m and um, still get to getting involved with the local scene here with you guys, um, kind of dabbling back into what I really love, but obviously it's not my full-time gig anymore. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's de- it's funny how it's you start with one thing and it, and it projects you onto all these other things, because that's how I started with my audio engineering and audio directing stuff is I was like, met up with Kelly and I was like, music is cool. Right. And then it was like, DJing is cool. And then it was after that, it was kind of like um, the the production company that I've been doing, just random whatever, like, hey, I'll wrap chords. Um, like, just teach me how to work a camera, I'll do it. Right. You know, it's doing like all these side things. It was finally like, oh, cool, I have like, I am pretty good, you know, I'm getting good at this music thing. I could start making this kind of my specialty. And so I dove into that. Sounds like what you did there too. Um, I want to... Uh, uh, thanks for giving me you guys this history. That's great. Um, I want to back up a little bit um, from the moment that we like first got into DJing, right? Um, I kind of want to talk about what you guys see as different. So imagine where our sixteen-year-old selves, where our you know, or whatever age we were when we were like thinking, like, what if I could DJ? What if I could whatever? It's so different now than it was back then like like we had our own struggles and, and we we found a way like mm-hmm. i mean ours ours seems like cakewalk to you because oh yeah you, you had to really search like oh, yeah there was so the you know it's funny i was thinking about this on the the drive over that you talk about gatekeeping right you know like you needed to meet somebody in order to be able to get into that that world and for me i i met um a guy his name's aaron um he's a couple years older than me and he was really into house music and he had turntables Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the things that are different for like a DJ trying to get started now from back then, um, back then to buy two used turntables and a mixer, it was like 750 bucks, meaning used and it was garbage stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But then um, to be able to actually get the music. So we're talking about vinyl. Right. So an import, a UK import house record might have three tracks on it was eleven ninety nine. 
1099 at Platinum down in Portland. So to be able to even acquire the music, because you couldn't get it anywhere else besides on vinyl most of the times, or you could find it on CD. This was before LimeWire, so you couldn't even pirate it, right? Um, for a domestic, so if you wanted to you know, get 50 Cent in the club, and you had to buy two of them because you'd wear them out. Seriously. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a thing, too. Wait, yeah. wait, hold on. How do you wear that out? I don't know much about vinyl. This is so, so you know, your needle, You when you're cueing, you're actually cutting a little bit off the song each time. And every time that it plays through, it's not digital. It's not just reading ones and zeros. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's reading the, the bumps and the groove. So that, that needle digs into it. And it'll actually, the more times that you play it, the, the less um, sonic quality that record will have. And finally, and then just, you know, being drunk back in my early days you'd skip right. skip a needle and it'd scratch cross and then it was junk because it would click each time that it would come around so you'd have to have two to be able to you know if it was a hot song um and those were five bucks and they might have one or two tracks on it so this was you know 23 years ago where it was just it was super expensive to be able to even get into djing yeah. You could go out and buy the single on like a CD. You could buy someone's album, right? But if you're mixing, if you're doing an eight-beat mix, you can't mix the singles. Yeah. So yeah. it was um, it was challenging. You know, your your guys' challenges are way different than what mine were. You know, when I started. Definitely. Yeah, dude. I think too much. Like uh, one of our challenges is, I mean, you said it's like, oh, I gotta like have these banger songs. Like, yeah. no, I gotta get them. I mean, it's probably you could probably play that out for a while. Or there was chances where people wouldn't really hear that song unless you had it. Like you'd be right. able to show them that. The yeah, and that was that was a th and the other challenge that you'd have is you know, you'd show up to a gig and you'd pack two crates, right? So a crate has between depending on the size of the crate, forty to seventy tracks on it, mm -hmm. right? So you'd show up and you'd have eighty to one hundred and forty tracks. That's it, right? And so if the crowd wasn't feeling what you were playing you're kind of in a corner yeah. because you couldn't go anywhere. Like, you know, you'd, if you if you had a multi-hour gig, not just a one-hour gig, show up, you know, be the stud, but if you had like an open-to-close type set and you started playing your tracks and people are showing up, they're like, oh, I don't like this type of, you know, mm -hmm. if, if they're expecting hip-hop or Top 40 and you're playing house, you're kind of stuck. I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, that'd be devastating. I could, like, I'm always, you know, because you're always watching the room. You're like, okay, they don't like this. Right, we got to go somewhere else. Yeah, there's there's part of like... You know, you got to kind of push what you were hired for. A lot of the times you got to dig into like what's really going on, what you kind of want to push them into, what's going to happen in the coming hours. Yeah. You can't just give them exactly what they want. But man, I couldn't imagine not being able to like grab a playlist or like, all right, I'm totally shit in the bed. I'm going to just like look up Spotify for ideas. Right. And then once I get the ideas, I can even download it. So that's something I could even download it on the fly. Yeah. You couldn't even like, you didn't have the option of like. Well, that's a, that's a whole crate I left. That's a genre I left in the crate at home. Right. <laughs> I can't even touch on it. Well, and I, th and I think, that, you know, some of the crowd challenges that we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, the, the thing with the crowds is that they, they have their Spotify list that they've been listening to before they even get to the club. Yeah. And they're like, I want to hear that. So yeah. I think some of, you know, and we can touch on that more later, yeah. but. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely do want to touch on that. I mean, that's something that, that I, I think I've talked to both of you guys about is the... I've noticed in the last few years that, uh, I mean, I, my job is more difficult. And I, like that sentence just kind of sucks. But 
crowds are more difficult to please. Um, they want what they want right now because that's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all like that to some extent, but I'm like really taking a, like, how is it different from when I first started from when I, from now? And then hearing you too, it's like <clears throat> the people's reaction to, okay, I don't like this song. Oh, okay. Like care about my life, you know, like, oh, that sucks. Like, oh, maybe this isn't a place for us. Let's go somewhere else. Maybe this isn't our genre of music tonight. Let's go somewhere else. Now that person is like, they're so used to being able to pull out their phone and change the song. They don't yep. stop and they don't stop themselves, but they're just walking up to the stage. It's like their body is just moving them and they're like, hey, can you play this song or can you play something else? Or they'll say something like blatantly rude. Um, over the last few years, I personally feel that people have gotten, I mean, I'm going to say 50% more mean towards towards the dude on the stage. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's just been a lot of my experience. I definitely don't want to like paint a corner that like everyone's mean to DJs now, you know. I'm not trying yeah. to cry about it. But um it's I don't know. I think that the technology and the people in the crowd knowing more about music, knowing more about thinking they know a lot more about our jobs. Um in, in, in coming and like demanding things. Um, I definitely want to touch on that. K- Kelly, have you noticed any, like you've been doing it for a while too. I mean, and we've kind of been in similar crowds. Um, we've played a lot of the same places. Um, have you noticed any, like the last few years, you know, any technology kind of changing the way people? Uh, def- definitely. Uh, you know, I, I'm a primary user of Spotify. Um, I think people like to create their own playlists and, it is very AD, ADD in a way. Like mm-hmm. when, for me, like I like to sit down. And I listen, like to listen to a whole whole album. Like just sit down and listen to a whole album, and just kind of, you know, get the get the feel of things. And I, if I don't like a certain song, I'll just keep let it ride. Just keep playing. Mm-hmm. And I think you're definitely right. Like people, people will come up to me and like, hey, I want this song right now, or yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave in like five. Five seconds. Yeah, when um, people start figuring out that that doesn't work, <laughs> what? Why would people, people say that all the time? Right. Here's the thing: if you really want your song played, give the DJ some money, pass him five bucks, well, and first, some respect. Yeah. Right. Like, show up. Like, here, here's what you do: you show up, you go, "Hey, I really like your mix tonight," or "Hey, I really like that shirt. That's pretty cool." Yeah. Like, do you think you could play this song for me? Or even like, you say, "We'll say that first. Like. Like compliment them, yeah. and then like, if that doesn't work, like pass them five bucks. Right. See see if your song gets played. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Give them some respect. Well, too. and I mean that's been since the day of you know the the dawn of DJing. There's always been requests, always, always, always. Yeah. And you know, for me, uh, I'll, you know, my my residency in in Bend was was amazing because it allowed me to play basically everything. Mm-hmm. And you know the crowd was so diverse. There was um, there's gay and lesbian and, and black and Hispanics and whites, and it's just just an awesome mixing pot of of different backgrounds and people enjoying different music. So you can kind of go everywhere. But then you have you know it's my birthday crowd, mm-hmm. and they come up and they want to hear you know their song right now, and and there's a lot going on when we're DJing. You know we are trying to, I, I equate it to chess, we're, we're, we've got four or five songs that we've, in our mind, we're like, I wanna go here, this is the end point that I wanna get to. So, you know, someone comes up to you and they're like, oh, I want this song, and you're at 120 beats per minute, and you're you're trying to get to 130, because you know, we can go into music theory and talk about, you know, like, trying to ro- wanna do ro- like, rotate the dance floor and all that, yeah, but they come yeah. up, they're like, oh, I want this song, and it's it's a hot song, right? And it's 70 beats per minute. 
and it's like, okay, the energy's way up here, and then they're de- being demanding, and they're like, but I want it right now, and I'm, and you don't want to tell them no because mm-hmm. it's a good song, and maybe I'll get to it, you know. And you tell them, you're like, yeah, I'll, uh, great song, I'm gonna get to it probably yeah. in about 45 minutes. <laughs> and they're like, no, I want to hear it they, right now. They refuse to accept that answer. Yeah, like that. that uh, the fact that it is an option for them to come up to the stage, say, I want this, and we say, I'm going to try. It's not right when you want it. And for them to just not walk away and say, okay, thanks. It seems to me that I'm getting more like, no, like, right. I want it. Right. <laughs> it's a weird thing. It is. Yeah. So so as you were talking about BPM, you were, you were talking, I definitely want to touch on that. I want to describe to, you know, I, I think of, of listeners who enjoy DJing, they enjoy what we do. Maybe they know um, anything about us, but maybe they don't know, don't know anything about teaching. So right. you mentioned BPM, beats per minute. Um even terminologies like that, I want to like uh, unpack. So that is something that when a DJ starts, every single song has has a BPM, a beats per minute. Um, every song has a tempo. Every song has a key. It has all these dynamics that it's the DJ's job to learn about prior, to know about prior. They have to take that song prior, um, and if, if if they're in in a comfortable spot, they already have all their cues laid out. They know what they're gonna do with that song. They know that that song goes good with these other songs sometimes if they're familiar with it if it's not brand new yes yeah, sorry kelly that that uh, chair just gets short the, uh, I, I set kelly Kelly's up with leaving the, us. oh my gosh with the hydraulic chair that leaks sometimes if you lean just right it's just like <laughs> hilarious um it'd be funny if you were ranting like something just super serious and it just starts slowly going down um but yeah it, um, bpm and, and man all, all these things that that djs do so if you guys can help me, I would love to, without like whining about it, this is something that I'm concerned with that I'm going to sound like I'm just like, you guys don't understand what I'm trying to do back here, you know. Yeah. Um, how do we explain the the art of DJing, of disc jockeying, of mixing music? Because it's not just about who can play the most bangers. It's It's not just about the transitions. It's not just about the taste. It's about looking at, like glancing around the room, saying where's this going to go in 10 minutes where what's going to happen what time is it now what's it going to look like in 45 minutes there's like you said beautifully is the chess game right um and and i feel that that the to me looking forward in the next few years the crowds if they continue to be so demanding and not understanding and not try to like let's just be where we're at let's not try to control this thing let's just exist and let the dj do what they want to do i fear that that we're not going to be able to play chess we're just going to turn into wonderful spotify soulless shufflers right so um yeah i don't know um any experiences you guys have or anything you could think of that's like explains the art there so the 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 phrase that that i always think in the back of my mind that a successful dj is someone who plays the right song exactly the right time that's if if I have a night like that and I have like five or six points in the night where people just freak out mm-hmm. uh-huh. it, you've played the the right song and not freak out just because I've played you know the top 100 it's not, hot it's 100 not popular song, yeah. right right You're like people forget about a song and you play it at the right time like oh, yeah. oh my god you know and the, yeah. and the dance floor just goes mm-hmm. and they're just having the time of their life and you carry that for like five or six songs right like oh my god! I mean, that for me as a DJ is is where it's at is playing the right song at the right time because you can play all the bangers at 9 p.m. and that's the wrong time. Mm-hmm. That's when everybody requests them. That's when they want them. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I want to say like even even like going right off the bat there, just uh, 
that that Einstein guy, that uh, DJ Einstein, watching him kind of paint the room was so cool. And I guess that's that's I think that to me is what it's about. Like it's you're you're right. You can definitely play all the bangers. You can even play stuff no one's even heard of, and in your mind, it's like. Oh yeah, this is gonna go off, right? But it doesn't, and you're like, "What's going on?" Because some people do. A DJ is kind of like food, man. We're, we're like chefs, in a way. Like uh, yeah. sometimes all you want is a greasy hamburger. Yeah, man, that's like and... the fucking Cupid Shuffle is the greasy hamburger. <laughs> 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 it, my my favorite when I play locally because that's the first thing they come up and request. Okay. You can play Cupid Shuffle tonight. Like you know what? Tonight's gonna be special. We're not gonna play Cupid Shuffle. Oh my gosh! And you see the look in their face. They're like, "I've been hearing the Cupid Shuffle every single week for the last three weeks." You know, for the last oh three years, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's I, true. Oh, yeah. Can, can I? Can, they can, fold. Can I confess something real confess quick? Confess it. Oh my gosh, Brian, you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> hate me for this. So we 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 all are in agreement that Cupid Shuffle is just the bane of our existence, right? It is. So I got evil one day. I got really evil because the Cupid Shuffle it just repeats itself, right? Right. So what I did, <laughs> I, <didn't know. laughs> I called it. I called it the Stupid Shuffle, and it's a ten minutes long, and it's this. It's like the same like <laughs> hook over and over. So people like to dance to the song. They like to kind of line dance to it. So ten minutes long. Yeah. Like, you put it, okay, you put it, yeah. People, people out there for six minutes and they're just like <laughs> when's it gonna end i'm like it's not gonna end it's not Dude, you know what's so hilarious is man it's so crazy you just mentioned that because i have an eight minute and six second i think it's cha-cha slide yes that i actually did the other day i was like i, I gotta go to the bathroom and right. my friends here i'm gonna say hi to him really quick um so i was like this is perfect i got like four minutes that i can be away and so i was walking around and i was literally thinking at the end of it as they were so enticed at seven minutes the exact same amount of enticement that was at one minute and so i was like i could play this exact same song and these motherfuckers are still going to the left right left (laughs) (laughs) you know like back to back just mix into it yeah all right um so 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 that that's a great um thing to even just lean on so the reason why you know we're poking fun because it's our job right the cha-cha slide the keep it shuffle uh, i'll still play it yeah it's it's, for me it's yeah by usher that's like always the one that i always joke about that that song i hope it just burns and i wish i could delete from existence if i ever invited to invent a time machine i'm gonna skip over cha-cha slide and keep it shuffling just delete that fucking song um, i like usher but no you know not yeah. yeah you know but uh so when we say things like because a lot of people are like i know you hate request request jake or um i know djs hate requests so some people kind of get that djs hate requests but they know that sentence right um they know that like th- they also come up and they say uh Hey, we play the Cupid Shuffle. Like nobody's dancing, bro. They're like, oh, it's gonna get everyone. They right. try to tell you, like they try to, like, bro, trust me with this thing. The the, the person. So, how do we communicate? How do we explain to them why we don't like? This is a broad example, but why we don't really like requests, and why we don't super love the line dances. For me, it's because I can't do anything with it. It's just hitting play. But what what, what about for you guys? What's the? I, you know, I I. I'm, you guys might shoot me, but I think it's I think there's two sides to the coin. If, if I go into a new market, okay, so like when I first started going to Bend, and I didn't know the market at all, right? And so I'm out there and I'm doing my deal and you know trying to impress people and people would come up and they would re- request stuff. And so if you don't know the market, like if you're traveling, you're doing a Northwest Circuit or whatever, right? People that are coming up to you and they're like, 
you know, oh, I want this trick or one. You're like, oh, okay, I need to probably go in that direction. So it gives you an, a clue of, okay, I, this this is the type of hip hop. This is the energy level hip hop that I need to be playing or a top 40, you know, because that's the type that they're requesting. Um, so there's some good and bad things with it. But the, the whole, you know, I want to hear this song. It's 10 p.m. There's nobody here. Um, it's the number one song in, in the U.S., whatever it is, right? They want to hear it right then, you know, and a lot of people, consumers maybe don't understand as DJs, we definitely don't um, want to say no, but there are a gazillion songs out there. And for us to repeat a song in a night is ridiculous with the amount, with the amount of songs that are out there and the hits that have been out there over the past 20 years. It doesn't. I mean, there's so many other songs that you can play besides two songs in the same night. So it makes it challenging. I mean, I personally don't like requests. Um, it, it depends. If I'm having a specialty night, you know, if we're doing an EDM only night, right. and mm-hmm. they're coming up and they're requesting Drake, and I'm like, yeah. you know, the last 15 minutes you've heard has just been straight house. Yeah. You really think that I'm going to be playing Drake, you know, or it's built that way. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've started doing my own nights, you know, yeah. is to throw my own party and say this is what the music is so when they walk in the expectation but yeah uh i i have a kind of a love-hate relationship with requests um i mean going back to the whole cheeseburger and a steak kind of thing i mean some people like steak some some people want a cheeseburger like mm-hmm. you know that's someone just a cheeseburger it, every night too. yeah, yeah so even like even if you have like the the hottest records in your mind, if you go through your DJ pool, if uh, you follow some of the hottest you know playlists on Spotify too, um, you can you can in your mind in my mind um, you can sit there and you can go okay these are gonna bang out like these are gonna be really popping at, at wherever you're playing you know, and people will still come up to you and be like, what is this? I look at you like you're an alien. Like, mm-hmm. hey man, can you play like strictly from like 2000 to 2010, like that era of like club music? They they never even tell you that much info though. What no. people love to do is tell you that they don't like what you're doing, and then you're like, what would you like for me to play? And right. they say yeah. something different. Uh, something good. Right. Yeah. Something different. Something good. Uh, something you can dance to. Yeah. Like full stop. Hold on. Every song, for the most part, has rhythm, and mm-hmm. you can dance to it. Yeah. So yeah. let's not use that as a criteria for the genre of music that you want me to play. Yeah. Western music is eight, <laughs> eight, eight beats. Well, I've, I, I've said to people, I can't teach you rhythm. What would you like to hear? <laughs> right. yeah. I have literally said that multiple times. And, of course, they don't understand it. But so you, And you were saying with, with requests, you don't, you don't mind them, but... Yeah. I mean, it does. So you were talking about the paintbrush thing, and that's, that is very beautiful, Kelly. But, like... I think that sometimes the the requests kind of like rip the paintbrush out of our hand and they're like, here's oh. a Sharpie, just draw what I fucking want. Right. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and we can't, not only have you just like thrown this big old like mud clod into our clear water of what we were trying to like show you here, um, we also just have the next 20 minutes to try to recover from what, what you may have just like really want us to play yeah. right now and and but but so here, here's another thing and this is something i definitely want to touch on and this will be really good to talk with you mm-hmm. with you about brian because i was thinking about i've been very um just trying to trying to take my whole life meta you know like trying to like why did i get into djing why did i what am i doing now what's gonna happen just like 
when I first started, um, it was electronic music for sure. Like I, I wasn't against anything else, but I was just so hooked by electronic music. I did, I had blinders on for any other music. I super loved hip hop always. I would listen to it stuff, but I didn't want to DJ. I just kind of want to like do the electronic thing. And what I had done at the beginning was like, I took my, I mean, I'm even just going to say like a little bit of high school popularity. I'm going to say that. And then I, and then I started throwing my own parties and started like booking the homies and then so we had like these huge outdoor um have we i don't know if we told you about these like these outdoor renegade parties uh, yeah kelly and i've chatted about it multiple yeah, times i mean we, we'd have like a few hundred people like our upwards ones were like drop the address the day of and we would have like 500 people out there oh, at yeah. 4 a.m like these are totally illegal and terrible but uh th- this was years ago but but so what it was is these are my you know my parties to me um i have all the boys with me like I give myself the headlining slot. I play sure. what I want. People love me, of course, because I just put myself in the golden spot. Right. But then I started like, okay, well, this is taking up a crazy amount of time. Let's start making some money for it. I started getting like, we play at my bar. We play at the club. I started playing um, clubs in Seattle and shit. Um, we did a couple events in Vancouver, Portland. Yep. Um, but well, it's funny because what I started with this thing of I can play whatever I want. I'm DJ Kronos. Um, people fucking love what I play and they did and they listened to it my my online presence met the same thing right. people who came to my shows they listened to those same mixes later I loved it started doing more bar gigs and start realizing that like Jake Ryan's isn't isn't super popular everywhere right. DJ Kronos isn't super popular everywhere oh, these yeah. people in this bar that I'm playing for don't give a fuck about what I'm playing and what I'm doing with my fingers and how cool it is that I match these right. two songs um, and then it's like it was this weird thing where I was like oh man I got momentum in this direction, I didn't realize where I was putting myself. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, I'm like this confident playing for 500 people who fucking love me. Right. And then I'm in a bar at 10 p.m. And an old guy is just like screaming at me with his finger in my face because I didn't play Johnny Cash or something. Right. And so it's this huge dynamic, right? So we see DJing, disc jockeying, DJing. Like it's the most broad terminology ever. But like we kind of not only get confused ourselves, I think, but like the audience gets confused. Like they don't know the difference between the guy they hired at their wedding and Skrillex. Right. They have no idea. Oh. Um, And I think like what I was saying there with that example of me, like, you know, I was like the cool guy, the headliner, the like I have this sound. I was more of an artist and less of a worker. Um, You kind of get into these environments where you're playing at a bar, you're playing at a club and you want to be kind of your own artist. You want to be an individual. You want to show these people like, hey. I, I don't know how to explain it to you in words, but like I know things about music. I can show you a story in this musical journey tonight if you right. just let me. Right. But it, that, that doesn't cross well with giving people what they want when you're hired for a gig. So well, that, I, I think that I think one of the, the terms that I've, that I've tried to live by too is two for you and one for me. And so when you're mixing, you know, when you're playing the songs, so you just you're not losing your total integrity because I mean you got a gig, you know if if you're gigging and you're like okay I got to do this you know two or three times a month you know to be able to have supplement income or to be able to just feel whole whatever it is you just don't want to be a soulless jukebox like you just don't want to show up and play the top twenty songs and just call it a day and, and collect your check and th- I don't think anybody has ever got into DJing to be able to do that um, so I think that the one there's two ways that that I've kind of been coming back into DJing because anytime that you leave for an extended period of time, I call it the itch. You get the itch, oh, yeah. right? You're like, 
you're like, I don't, you know what? I need to take a break. This isn't for me. You know, I, I, I don't, I want to go explore other areas, whatever it may be, life, family, artistry, right? And, and you'll get down the road and you'll be like, okay, I got to go do this again because this is who I am. So for me, getting back into it, you know, I'm, I'll be 41 in April. I mean, I'm, I'm very much a veteran of doing this. Um, I'm not a young buck anymore and I still get it. I'm like, I, I want to go DJ tonight, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so what I've done is now that I'm older, I, I have to obviously be selective. And so when I go out and do a gig, so if I'm heading over to Bend, like in February, it'll be a two for you, one for me, meaning two for the crowd, one for me. Or how do I find a, a unique remix for this song that isn't too far out there? Like it, the integrity of the song still gets played and people recognize and they can still sing along and say, oh, it's my birthday, I love this song, right? Mm-hmm. And so recognize enough. But then the flip side is then, is like what you're talking about. You threw events that people knew what they were getting when they showed up, mm-hmm. right? And so you can put yourself at the center of attention and, and, and be able to play what you want to play. So there's, there's definitely two sides you know, keeping your integrity with the two for them, one for you, but then you just, you just do a a night, you know, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts with older DJs that that's what they're starting to get back into rather than doing this, you know, playing the hottest clubs type stuff. They go back to their home city and they, meaning big cities like Seattle and San Francisco Mm -hmm. and LA, and they start doing their own nights. And they're like, okay, I want to be a curator of music, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to deliver it to people that are interested in that. And so they start doing their own nights to be able to do that rather than, okay, I got to do four gigs this month. And, you know, I got to do them at these bars that you got guy in the corner yelling at playing Johnny Cash, right? So for, for the record, I love Johnny Cash. But oh, yeah, Johnny Cash oh, is great. It just doesn't mix that well with Skrillex. Right, know? it does. No, it does. You just have to try hard. It enough, does. Right? Yeah, you just need yeah, to try yeah, way harder. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I fell into a burning ring. Of fire. Yeah. No. No. That that is super interesting. I, I really like that perspective because I guess that is kind of what I at the beginning same thing as I, I started. I was like, I want to do this. Um, this town. We're, we're in the small town where we're at. Um, you've probably heard a million times if you listen to podcasts, but we're currently in Castle Rock, and we're talking about the towns of Kelso Longview area anyway, which is where. Um, a little bit, little bit nor- hour north of Portland and, you know, two hours south of Seattle. Um, so we have this small town dichotomy, um, but it's weird, right? Like it's, it's, it's interesting. Like you, you guys have played Seattle, Portland, like mm-hmm. to some extent, like it, it's weird having this small town right next to the, to the big town, but yeah. it is cool being, um, like, like finding your own lane and like digging it in oh, yeah. and like, okay, like there's some people here who like this, but like, let's like find really who they are, right. you know, mm-hmm. so you can kind of put yourself on those. So I, any like listeners, any young listeners, any young DJs, any young artists, musicians, put yourself on, put yourself on, dude. Like if you want to start throwing parties, start getting your homies together and, and pool. Like, what do you have? You have a light? Cool. My other friend has a green light. We'll get your blue light. We'll put those behind us. Cool. We got two lights. Right. Uh, you got any friends with speakers? My aunt has a speaker. Dude, right. Get it together. Pool together. That's what we did. Yeah. And we, um, I mean, you know, try to get some, some legal stuff going on your end. Don't, don't do everything illegally in the yeah. woods, but, um, yeah, yeah. Throwing your own nights. We're actually, that's something that, that we're all doing. We're all kind of older and we all have our gigs here and there. Um, we all DJ in like different ways. I have my more audio engineering. Kelly is still always in school. He's always like constantly learning. <laughs> Constant so much. School. Uh, I became more of a wedding DJ. Yeah, yeah, right. 
Right. So yeah, I, I think just yeah, yeah, putting yourself on. Do you do you want to talk about wedding DJ and Kelly? Do you want to like go in the contrast between that? Because that's something that I think yeah. should be explained. What's what's the big contrast there? Oh, wedding DJing is is way much different from bar DJing or even DJing as yourself. Um, wedding, wedding DJing is kind of one of those things where y- you go into it and you're you're trying to make these people's day like you're the like one of the most integral parts of that person's wedding so you're there with it's you're there with their family and it's you know you you play very pg music and it's not heavy mixing it's more of just playing what what these people know and it's not not heavy mixing, like I said. Um, yeah, they don't want mixes. They just they want the full song, right? That's yeah, what you mean when mixing. He's saying like not in between two songs, not mashing. Up. Yeah, you're not like, mashing. You're not you're not really doing much of that. You're just trying to set set a mood and trying to keep the the wedding party moving. That's what I think weddings are really are. And yes, it is about the music, but it's more of creating that time for them, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Well, there's a. I think there's a different level of. I, I'm not going to say professionalism, but there's there's a different amount of stress. I mean, I I honestly haven't done a wedding in in ten years. Um, I purposely, I get asked all the time. It's funny. I'm you know I'll be at nightclub and people are just going nuts and you know playing all these remixes and they're having the time of their life, right? And they're like, oh, I got a wedding come up. I want this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll come up to me. I'm like, you don't want me at your wedding because mm-hmm. it's going to be like this. And you'll be dancing, but yep. your family's not going to be into it. Your family but, will hate my guts. Right. <laughs> but, but, me but, but when I was doing, when I was gigging with with weddings regularly, it's or corporate events, special events, class reunions, parties. You know, it's stressful because like weddings, it's the, one of the most important days of their life. And, you know, a speaker goes out or you're late Mm -hmm. or you don't play the right type of music. I've had instances where, um, you know, you guys might laugh, but, you know, Baby Got Back, right? So Sir Mix-A-Lot, which is a classic hip-hop, you know, even 10 years ago, it was classic, right? Mm -hmm. And so Wedding Party would come up, we want to hear this song. And we're like, all right, that's safe, right? That's a safe song, right? And you play it. And then the mom and dad that are paying for the wedding come up to you know where you're DJing and they're like what are you playing why are you playing this and and the dance floor's packed and the wedding reception is just having a great time right and so it's that it's that weird that weird dynamic of appeasing the person that's paying you mm-hmm. so traditionally it's been you know mom and dad or the bride right mm-hmm. um to the the bride and the groom who are honestly stressed out yeah. Most important day of their life. They've been building up to this moment, and they just want to have a good time. They don't want to think about what songs playing. They just want to dance to it if they hear it. Right, right. And so it's it's definitely a, d- a different stress level than playing like you know a, a nightclub gig. Yeah, it's, it's dude, it's it's huge. It's for me. I'm. I mean, I, I've I've recently stepped out of weddings. Um, it's like, I, I actually they're they're emotionally. I'm I'm a very like. It's hard for me to like. I pick up on a lot of emotions like that. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, when it's um, the same way any of us do, I'm sure. But so if it's like, if I mess this up, this is not just like, oh man, 
they're not going to want to hire me and they're not going to recommend me. They're not going to blah, blah. When I'm thinking like, if I mess this up, I'm going to ruin this woman's wedding. And it's the most important day of her life. I'm putting right. her whole, like I'm putting these people, their most important day of their life on my shoulders. And right. honestly, I bet you that you guys do the same thing in certain ways too. Yeah, I mean, totally. It's, it's, it's something that is super huge. Um, and, and I think that like a lot of like the drunk uncles at weddings yep. um, don't, are, are very unforgiving. Like they're very, Again, I, I'm particularly a sensitive dude. I can usually take some banter, but sometimes, man, when I'm I'm thinking so in depth about about not ruining this this woman's wedding and trying to do the absolute best that I can, yeah. like I'm just a thin piece of glass and I don't realize. I've had weddings where I'm just like I'm so good. I'm like, okay, things are going so well. And then right. like some drunk uncle comes up and he's just so fucking mean to me that I'm just like on the verge of tears afterwards. I'm yeah. a grown man. And I'm like, yeah. man, I didn't realize how much I had on my shoulders, but it just started to crack. Oh, so gosh. um but yeah, so like, so I've I've stepped out of weddings. Um, not that it's like, like just because people are super mean and I'm super sensitive. Um, this is just because I, as far as enjoyment and what I want to be doing, I've just been able to like make my money with my audio engineering stuff. But um, but I mean, weddings can be fun. Oh they can, yeah, they can be a blast. Dude, weddings can totally be like super fun. Right, and yeah. if you can get that vibe going, you know, and if you're going from. Um, you know, Beatles twist and shout, and everybody is just yeah. going nuts on the mm-hmm. dance floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a totally different energy level right. than um, you know a nightclub gig, unless oh, they're totally. a dry wedding. Yeah, dry weddings suck. Yeah. Have I'm you guys gonna, ever successfully done a dry wedding? I have not. Um, no. Nope. Oh, wait, I, I've I perf- I have performed obviously provided okay. services at a dry wedding, but it was, it was everybody sitting eating dinner, and then you're just trying to hit the bangers. Yeah. And nobody's I, dancing. I didn't know what to do. It wasn't the one that I did was not bad. I only did one. Um, it, it was honestly good. Like at, after the at the end of the night, they were like, "That was amazing. Right. That was wonderful." I'm like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> like, yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody like, on the floor, yeah, right? You, you know what's <laughs> funny is, is I was I was kind of comparing it to like how weddings typically go. Though honestly, at the end, I just felt bad. I was like, I wish that I didn't like. I'm not willing to do this because I just have my one flat rate because I have to do it that way so much. But right. I was like, I wish I didn't charge you this much because I feel like. What 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 you got wasn't like I, I give people so much more for the same price. You know you right. want it though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was super apprehensive about doing weddings at first. Yeah. Like people would always ask me. They'd go, "Do you do weddings?" And I'd be like, "Oh man, like yes, I have done weddings, and it's just it is a lot of stress." The I think the hardest part about weddings is the processional like the down and back is like the most nerve-wracking thing i think i remember um it was like nine like 95 out and i just remember um oh I, uh jordan coming up to me he's like dude are you okay and i did a i did a double setup which is um you you do uh, a set of speakers out by like the uh, the altar and then you'll have like another set of speakers like where the all the dancing, dancing is going mm-hmm. yeah the reception really part. hard to do by yourself and i'm i'm just i'm just there just sweating bullets because a i'm nervous i, I don't want to i don't want to mess this up and b it's just super hot out so as soon as we got through to the processional it's like i could kind of take a a breath like, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, like we're through that like now now the fun part begins and yeah like just what and like what you're saying you have those drunk uncles who come up i had uh i remember um some guy came up to me and wanted uh van halen's eruption and i'm just going through like the normal wedding stuff <laughs> right and, and eruptions like this like 
three minute long guitar solo by Eddie Van Halen. Oh man. And it's it's a great solo. I mean I love that song, but right. it's like not wedding appropriate. Right. Like it's like and so finally I caved and I was just like, Alright, I'll play it. Mm-hmm. And it's just this ridiculously awesome guitar solo and yeah. So right. I played it and I'm like, okay, we can move on from that. And he comes back like five minutes later. Play it again. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and I'm like, no. Yeah. I've, right. I've, and I've also so like I've also been at the the mercy of a five year old once too. Where oh, that'll get you too. Yeah, I've, they give the kids the power, they take it. Yeah, I've. And here's the thing: when when I get hired for for weddings, you're hiring me to basically curate this thing. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not going to be one of those things where I want someone like because. People think that, um, people think that if, if they go up to the bride and they convince the bride, "Hey, bride, play this song," because the DJ is not playing it, which is a terrible thing to do. It it's is. Very you do that. Like, dude, there's, so, not, there's so many other things that the the bride is worrying about. Like, Man, I don't the, know the absurdity of how often that happens. I yeah. am pretty surprised. I don't know if that happens often around you guys, but like people have, like, if I've said no. They have gone to the bridal group, right. and yeah. like, what? Do you realize that an eight-year-old also does that? Like, he won't play my song, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, so this kid, he wanted like Five Finger Death Punch, and I'm just like, no, we're not playing aggressive <laughs> metal, no. And he goes and gets his dad, and his dad comes up to me. He's like, hey, can you play this song? I'm like, no. He's like, well, I'm gonna go tell the bride, and I'm just like, please don't do that. And he went and got the bride, and the bride came over, and she's hammered, and so she's just inebriated already. And she goes, "Hey, can you can you play the song?" Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm at the mercy of an eight year old who has uh-huh. terrible. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Who who ha- doesn't understand like this is a wedding? Well, an eight year old should not have that much power. Of course, the eight year old no. doesn't understand. He's right. eight years old. Right. He yeah. shouldn't have that power. He also shouldn't have a driver's license. That's why like, we're safe on the road. Right? Gosh, like, could you imagine if you still listen to the music you did when, when you're eight? I don't know no. what I listened to when I was eight. I was listening to like Biggie Smalls. I mean, I guess not, oh, yeah. not all of us were that cool, but yeah, I didn't get into like nineties. Uh, I, you know, I at eight. Um, I was very sheltered, so I was listening to like um, the Commodores, like '60s and '70s music, R&B, um, um, black jazz. That's the type of music that my folks listened to, and so mm. that's what I grew up on. You know, so at eight, God, that, sh- that would have been mid, no, early '90s. So, and then the, you know, my my mom, my dad, kind of got stuck in the '60s and '70s. So, you know, w- when you're talking about DJing. Um, diverge a little bit so the you know you have the sphere your musical um, your musical influence year so age 16 whatever you're listening to when you're 16 if that song or that group of music ever comes on in a bar or a nightclub mm. you will you will fanboy or girl out you're like yeah. oh my gosh and so um, you know for me I didn't really have that it was all I was always listening to like I said 60s and 70s R&B rock that kind of stuff so it's interesting you get in those mixing moments and, and you look out in the crowd and you're like okay if i want to hit home with some of these people and you're like okay you know what were they listening to when they were 16 if they're 26 so that's 10 years ago you know so you do all that type of um mm-hmm. you know thought process on it but um yeah i don't know why an eight-year-old would be doing 
heavy, heavy metal at a, at a wedding. And the crummy thing is that as soon as you play that, then the entire mood that you have set for mm-hmm. the entire night mm-hmm. is now yeah. destroyed. Which is great when you are trying to reset it, right? Like so right. sometimes you could just throw it like, you know, like out of nowhere, you just throw some song that everybody can sing out loud, you know? Right. Yeah. Even if it's a slow song, you right. just reset it. But when that happens, when it's like just a song that's completely out of So jarring. Field, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. And people don't know what to do. And it's funny because we, you know, the, the squeakiest wheel gets the grease, right? That's, yeah. that's what it always is with the... I mean, really everything, but but the the person that always comes up, it's hard for for me anyway, for a lot of us, because it's hard to to tell them like, hey, you're not everyone, right? <laughs> like what you're saying, <laughs> right? Like cool, like I like I cool man, like I, I trust. Okay, I believe you that this is gonna fill the dance floor, but it's also my job, and I've been doing it for a very long time, so I think I know more than you, right? And like, but you can't say that. You, you of course you can't say that to the person that's coming up to. What weddings are are a different read too, like yeah. Oh, so. Um, I'm going to try and be Jake for a bit here. Careful. Um, re- reading a crowd is is kind of looking around the room, seeing if people are vibing out to what you're playing. So reading a, a wedding is a little bit different because, you know, you have your – it's it, weddings are more have a timeline, whereas, like, a bar do- doesn't. I mean, right. you're, you're not – we're going to do – Toast. We're gonna to do dinner. We're gonna do first dances. You're not hosting the event, right? At, right. Yeah. At a wedding, you're hosting the event. You are the timeline. You're controlling it, right? Yeah. So you're not gonna just play some crazy stuff during dinner. Like you're gonna to want to. You want dinner music. You're gonna ease you into it. You want, yeah. Just, and then as kind of as the night progresses, you know, we're still PG, but I love it when there's weddings where it's like, you kind of look around and you're like. Okay, are all the old people and kids gone? Right, mm-hmm. and then it's yeah. like okay, turn right. it, turn it, turn it into to club, club, turn this place into a club. Right, right. Thing. So yeah. well, I th- <laughs> and I and I think some of the challenges you have, like when you play a reset song, right, if you want to call it that, or a request that's been demanded by to the wedding party, and now they've come over to you. the The challenging part, and you can run into this in the nightclubs too, is you play that song, and it breaks the mood. And all of a sudden, somebody has to make a decision. Do I want to stay or do I want to go? Mm-hmm. So at a wedding, you've, you've built this entire vibe, right? And, and the wedding party's having a great time. They're out there dancing. And then basically, you get demanded to play this song. You play it. And now, like, oh, hey, look, it's getting late. And, oh, you know, well, we've had a little bit too much drink. So it can actually destroy the, the party mm-hmm. at that point. And same thing in a club night. You're like, if you get demanded, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm way up here energy-wise, and you, and you play this hip-hop song, right, that nobody knows because they demand it off their phone. Mm-hmm. People, it breaks their, their mood, and then, then all of a sudden they're saying, you know what, hey, let's go, maybe we go find someplace else. Yeah, when that you wasn't know. even an option, they weren't even going to say that before. Right, right, they're enjoying it, they're having a good time. You know, you as the DJ, they're making mo- you're making money for the bar. You've created this atmosphere, and then all of a sudden, you got to play this one song, or you make a mistake mm-hmm. and you play a wrong song, and then it breaks the right. vibe. Yeah. And then and then people basically pull up and they're like, "All right, well, let's let's you know, let's go to this bar. Or let's you know, we're done for the night or whatever." Yeah, it kind of flips that switch and and, and yeah. makes them start like going down that path, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of strange. Um, so, the the world of today, DJing, I think of like, um, you know, like sixteen 
young, young kids, 16 year olds, you know, 21, like anybody listening who's like, all right, we've got some old cats who's like, let's listen to this podcast yeah. and see if we can like learn something. So, right. Um, nowadays, dude, it's so, it's so crazy different. Like whether, whether you're going to be like a wedding DJ, whether you're going to like, you want to play EDM, whether you want to be a producer, um, like knowing what lane you're going into, I think is really important. That's something that caught me off guard that I didn't realize was like, yeah. I started building a mobile DJ business and I didn't want to be a mobile DJ yeah. and I was years into it and I'm like oh shit oh shit I don't I don't want to be up till 4am right. uh, every night I don't want to um, like carry all my stuff to, to this gig every Saturday you know and, and it, it, I'm not saying these are bad things like these these are still things that I do very much I still this is how I make money you know but uh, it's when I started realizing like oh I kind of cornered myself just like letting the the opportunities kind of ride me into the, the field that I oh, wanted to. So yeah, okay. I think riding opportunities is important, but um, I think when, when you, when you don't know much, when you're starting from like zero point as a DJ, I think knowing the difference between producing, mm. between DJing, between wedding DJing, between club DJing, between knowing what, what the words open format means, right. um, all, all these things. So, Someone who just loves music, and we've all had them throughout our lives. They're like, man, I would love to DJ, right? We have so many people who are, they think that they can't. They're like, I don't know anything, you know, whatever. Right. But like, we're always, I can guarantee you, we're like, dude, do it. That's so cool. Right. Can I show you? Come okay. over. Like, we're like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what do you guys think? Like, the starting point, what would you say? Anybody who's wanting to get into it? Well, I, I think it goes from what you said was that you have to love music first. Oh, yeah. And you have oh, to, yeah. and honestly, I mean, you don't have to love like every single genre, but you have to be a lover of music. And I think right. it doesn't matter which lane you pick out, whether or not it's mobile or wedding or nightclub or straight genre um, nightclub, meaning, you know, you're a hip hop nightclub DJ or you're an EDM nightclub DJ. You just have to love music and be, or be able to appreciate it. Like, oh, I like that sound, you know. Yeah. Or be able to recognize, you know, I don't know. I mean, one one thing that I that I wish that I would have got more into, and and hopefully, you know, I can make time to is producing because I love I, I love music that's sonically complex, but at the same time can be simple. And mm -hmm. so, it, you know, I don't like all hip hop, but I enjoy listening to hip hop because I can pick out different pieces. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Um. I would say even to my former self or even to a younger producer, it doesn't happen all at once. Like you're, you're mm. going to suck for, for a long time. Right? I, I sucked for 15 years. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I thought I was, I thought I was good. Knowing you suck. Whether that's like uh, DJing or producing, like you're going to go through that phase where you're just going to suck. Like the, the music you make just, is terrible like your transitions are terrible mm -hmm. like music selections terrible music selections <laughs> right but brian yeah you're right you have to be a lover of music yeah. and it has to be something you do it's you, like even from the podcast about spencer like he was like you have to do it like uh -huh. you can't you can't just be like oh i'm gonna i want to lift weights so i'm gonna go to the gym once yeah and then i'll look at him I'm going to talk like, about him. I'm going to tell everybody about him. Yeah. But I'm not getting very big because I haven't touched him yet. But I'm <laughs> right. going to look about I'm going to look at him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's with anything. It's shooting basketballs. Yeah. It's doing math problems. You have to do it. You have to put that work in. And it's it's sitting in your bedroom 
for hours. Right. Like I, I'm pretty sure I like annoyed the crap out of my roommates up in Bellingham just playing like oh. all the time. The hours and hours and hours, days and days. Dude. You probably just wearing headphones. Yeah. Just, and it's it's so enthralling. And that's the thing is, is. You know, if you're like, oh, I want to be a DJ, but if these things don't spark you, I'm not saying that there's a certain amount of hours that you need in, but like, just follow that intuition, man. If if you do have a drive to not hang out with a bunch of people, but you you actually just want to be by yourself and make some music and you want to mix some stuff and that's more exciting, man, follow that. That's yeah, so right, cool. It. That's so okay. I think that like, just loving music, just like you said, is the perfect. That's how you get into it. That's like. Mm-hmm. Like as much as again bringing back the gatekeeper thing, as much as you're like, I don't think that like I just like music. I don't even know what I don't even know what a C minor is, whatever, whatever. Right. <laughs> well, I've been DJing and I've now made an audio engineer degree out of it. I have an audio engineer degree. I travel the freaking U.S. like yeah. making money and I enjoy it. And I have like really cool friends who I can talk about DJing with on my podcast. Like knowing how these microphones work started right. from me saying I like music. I think Cascade is cool. Yeah. You know, right. like so. So I think just starting with. I love this, and then yeah. just working at it. Just put some headphones in and just get to work. Man. And like, and afterwards, afterwards, once you kind of start getting better, mm-hmm. that's when it gets fun. Mm-hmm. Like when you're ready to. I mean, you don't. You don't I, Brian, do you get butterflies before you go on a show? Every single time. Every time. Every, yeah. Every See, time. Every yeah. time. It, it doesn't Small matter. Show, it, big show. It, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. And and it's not butterflies. Like, oh, I'm gonna do a bad job. It's important to you. Very important. Yeah. So, you know, you have to love music. Yeah. And it has to be important to you. If you just want to, you know, show up, and I'm not picking on you, but because I've done it too, but be the headliner and, you know, mm-hmm. and have eyes on you and, and not put any work, mm-hmm. like just pick the top 10 beat port songs and play them and remember, oh my gosh, this is great. Yeah. It might not be for you because you're going to get burned out real quick mm-hmm. because people are going to move on. You know, or yep. or it's going to get old. You you know, you talk about all the different things that DJing has done for you. You know, it, for me, it got me into IT technology, IT technologies, and um, getting to where I'm at with my career and right. doing some really cool, complex things with computers and 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 all that. Yeah, all the intricate like installing stuff that you do. It's yeah, just so crazy. But that I mean, that started from you saying I like music. Right? Yeah, I like it's music. Just, I can do it better than than this yeah. guy that's doing. You that's know, so do, insane. Do you guys that's think so cool. that like the because that is super cool if you think about like the ultimate like creation entrepreneur like it's like you don't even so djing i feel like you could really start it's you know guitar playing you're like i love music i'm gonna right. give a guitar it's it's quite a while before you like i mean you, you can't really just like make something like you yeah. you hate everything that comes out of your fingers for right. like seven months with guitar oh, oh, but like with yeah. djing i feel like you can really get you know i'm within the first couple of days for me i was like dude that was so cool i want to call my friends and tell them and tell them <laughs> like you know so it, it is cool like just getting it and just start mixing a couple songs there's all these cheap mixers nowadays too. right yeah well and that's that's the cool thing with i mean it's it's good and bad so you know as as an old dog veteran all these people now are djing right mm-hmm. and like everybody's a dj that was oh, yeah. you know from like 2010 to 2015 everybody was a dj and the price of entry is so much cheaper. You know, you can go get a $100 controller, you know, with a cheap computer that you find off of Craigslist and, you know, a downloaded library or Spotify or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And 
you know, the old dog in me is like, well, they haven't put in the dues, right? They haven't packed like two milk crates full of records, and you know, they didn't have to spend seven hundred fifty bucks. And <laughs> they haven't slept in their car for right, a gig. Well, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, right? You know, or playing a gig for fifty bucks in a bar tab, you know. And, yeah. They haven't like put their dues in, but at the same time, it's exciting for me because it's like anybody that comes up to me, like, "Hey, I want to learn how to DJ." Hey, here's what you do: go buy this hundred dollar controller, right? Yeah. Like, if it's not for them, it's okay. They haven't like put a right. bunch of money into it mm-hmm. and have it be like, "Oh, I spent all this mm-hmm. money and people aren't, you know, I'm not into it." And so it's really, it's actually pretty exciting that everybody has the accessibility to be able to do what. 25 years ago, me was a challenge yeah. to, to get into. So it's cool because when you find something that you love, you want everybody to like go along with it, uh-huh. right? Like, uh-huh. have you heard this or have yeah. you listened to this or have you seen this like or have you done language. this? You're like, bro, I don't think you understand. <laughs> yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, you know, so it's exciting for me to have everybody and their brother be able to, like my kids, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm older. And so I got, you know, a 10 and a nine year old. For them to be able to not play with dad's equipment, because mm-hmm. I have expensive equipment, but $100 mixer and like, go mix, go figure out what you like. Oh, yeah. I'll go buy whatever nice. music you want nice. to be able to listen to, right? And they aren't quite there yet, but I'm hoping that they will be. So it's it's cool for me to be able to, like I said, see all of these people that want to get into it, have the opportunity to. Right. Um, that's a, a big part of my core is opportunity for people to be able to experience things that are awesome. So um, I have no clue where I was going with that, but I think it's cool that, that you know, a, a DJ starting out now has a lot more accessibility mm-hmm. to the technologies to be able to build it into something that's way more. And trust me, when you start DJing, you think that's, that's all you wanna do, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. And if you stick with that path, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, there's perils with being a full-time DJ, but you know, we can talk about that in maybe another podcast. But yeah, it's we, we could probably squeeze a lot more. <laughs> I don't even know what time we're at. I think we're doing great. But it's uh, you know, if you're starting out and you, and you and you're a DJ, then that's great. But there's so many different things that you can learn from DJing, um, event planning, and marketing, and promotions, and audio engineering, and mm-hmm. um, social like how to interact with people in stressful situations where you're sober and they're super intoxicated right or they're in in crisis mode or whatever it is i mean there's so many things that that you can learn being a dj that you wouldn't think that had anything to do with djing you know right yeah yeah that's it's crazy it's again it just opens up so many doors like it's it's cool to think i mean because i never even it's not like a lot of times we think we have to have our job title or our decision figured out before we even start it, right? We're, we're like, all right, well, I'm choosing to be a DJ. That's who I am now. That's what I represent. That's what I'm going to do going forth. But again, you can just say, I like music and just point at any of like these apps, these little programs, these whatever, and just stick around. Yeah. I was thinking, like, even as a DJ, we listen to music a lot differently than other people listen to music. Mm-hmm. Like, even when we show up to other clubs, like... Jake, Jake and I went to Tube a couple times. Tube's a, a club down in Portland mm-hmm. that has phenomenal DJs. Yeah, we'll typically. sit there. No, it's just and it's teeny tiny. It's, it's yeah. like it's like 
I think we do 50, it, 50 people, right? Yeah, and, and they, and they got it, 100 people in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, dude, in this, the, the way that it's built in there, like when it sounds right in there, when they have the sound tight, it's not yeah. too loud. There has been time where it's too loud, but it sounds super tight in there. I love oh, yeah. the sound of it. It's, it's nice. But, uh, uh, those, we'll sit there and we'll be like, whoa, did you, did you just hear that? Did you hear what he just did? Mm-hmm. And we'll just we'll just sit there and we're not nitpicking it we're just listening to it differently or i'll go to like 45 e's and i'll be like oh that's that collab with this person this person this person or i can hear this song coming in or i can yeah you know that's the cool thing to listen to different djs too yeah some people some they and that's it's totally cool to go to clubs and just have a good time right like me i it's a little bit of both it's Mm -hmm. like i want to see what their what the, what their visuals are like, uh, you know, how they're mixing um, mm-hmm. new stuff, old stuff, just yeah. You, you know what's funny is something that I didn't know when I started was the can of whoop ass I was opening up on my own brain for every event I would go to in the future. Oh yeah. So like I didn't you, realize you, that I would I would be judging all these. I thought I was just still going to be able to go to all my favorite shows and just dance around and have a good time, but instead I'm just like over analyzing every right. single second of everything. It's like like the second that you learn that a tree is a tree, you can't look at it and be like that's that's not true. I don't know what that is. What right. the hell is that? Like it's <laughs> once you know this information in with with the music world, you keep learning. Well, and I, and I attribute, you know, we go back to being a chef for the night, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, I Part of being in nightclub industry early in, in my career, you know, front of house, I'm waiting tables and, and doing all that, right? So when as as someone who's in the restaurant industry, a chef or whatever, you go to other restaurants and you're analyzing everything. Like, oh, it took too long for that food to get out or, you know, this flavor profile is weird, right? It's the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's an EDM show. doesn't matter if it's a festival. doesn't matter if it's a concert. I am constantly looking at everything and not judging it's like oh that's really cool or you know and trying to figure out how they did that or how they did this yeah. not even so much the artist piece of it right but then you look at the artist piece and you're like oh yeah this collab you know and this vip and and i've only heard that a couple times mm-hmm. you know or, or how they're mixing i mean my mixing style has changed greatly since i've uh, dove head first into bass music into you know dubstep yeah. and trap and so mid tempo and yeah. yeah and it's like okay double drops and, and and you know all these different techniques that to me as a straight dj you know meaning eight eight beats and mixing that's my style to see how they mix now is is it's awesome to be able to go experience that so yeah yeah, it it's definitely um, frustrating for people that I take with me to to events because yeah, like, they're like, "Can you just shut up?" Yeah, <laughs> like talking. I don't care. You're 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 breaking the illusion. Okay, Dude, it's, it's funny because I I go with friends who because there's a lot of people who are they love the intricacies of it. Like I have tons of friends who don't know anything about DJing. They kind of remain in that like everything you're saying though I love. Please tell me like because there's people who <laughs> yeah. love to hear about that shit. Right. Um, majority of the part like like if it's a girlfriend she doesn't want to hear any of that shit at all. But uh, like some of these guys when when you're explaining it they're just like wow like that's that's what it takes to think that way and it's it's funny though but it's like it just unfolds that way you don't really try it's not like i'm not trying to overanalyze the situation it's kind of just how knowledge works you can't you know the thing with the tree you can't look at a book and not start reading it. you know what the words say and right so this is this really cool thing that i knew that there was music theory i knew that there was like once you know how to read uh, a, a note or once you know like oh you hear that and that's this this sound that's this key 
Um, you unlock that's like a different language, right? So it's it's a different way of understanding the world. But it's cool. There's even before music theory, even before all the the weird rules of music and how it works together, like DJing is its own thing. Still, it's, it still seems right. desperately different. Um, I have noticed, like so so. I, I was never a producer. I didn't. I don't have a music background. I um, growing up, I I skateboarded a lot and I listened to everything. I loved like uh, I really liked you know punk rock, rap, everything. Um, I just had an obsession with music. I didn't know anything about it. I never took a choir class, anything. So learning all this was kind of weird. I feel like I would kind of like dance around and like certain conversations where I'd be like, I'm in front of people who are like nice, good producers and they're saying things that I have no idea what the fuck the words are coming out of their mouth because I don't know, I don't have the, the music background. Yeah. I'm trying to like keep up with it. It's kind of funny because we think DJing, like, okay, so you know everything about music, you know everything <laughs> about audio engineering, you know everything about live events, you know everything about my sister, like whatever. Like, yeah. um, there, There's a lot of different compartmentalizations when it comes to DJing. So as I've been um, on these like more recent years, the last year and a half, I've been producing more. I've been kind of like digging into my knowledge and seeing what happens like watching less tutorials doing more of like stop trying to plan it just like go on to go in front of your keyboard and just like snot cry into it for four hours and just right. see what comes out you know um it's hugely hugely different process producing and creating music is a night and day difference than djing so can we for the average consumer who doesn't understand like i said the difference between skrillex and a wedding dj can we like talk about the difference between like a producer and a dj can we clear that up for sure. listeners yeah yeah um so a producer is somebody who pretty much sits on computer and you know they'll they'll use a what's called a, a daw a digital audio work station shop mm-hmm. workspace or space is it station or space works sorry keep going well, it's, it's, it's a daw uh, it's a daw, it's a daw. <laughs> And you might hear Jake or I talk about like uh, certain ones like Ableton, Free Loops. Some people use Reason. Uh, a lot of people use Logic. Um, and these are all different different DAWs. There's one's not better than the other. Um, I'd say Pro Tools is more for live, more like live instruments. Live and, whereas like you know more DJs are probably more like Ableton or Logic. You just got confusing. You said DJs who like or producers, producers. Sorry, it's it's a confusing thing. So so producing is, is like is like making the music, right? Yeah, it's and make, then DJing the is. Yeah. It's funny because you, you we sound like we don't do anything when you say it in the sentence, but producers make music and we play other people's music. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't know how to explain that to where but, we don't sound like we're. But you, but you can have a DJ that um, will remix a song, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So or they'll make an edit. And so they'll rearrange different pieces of it. And they're using the same tools that the producer is. So, it, you know, producers, they make the music. And then they get into, into a point where they start getting asked to perform that music live. You know, whether or not they've pre-recorded the, the MP3, the file, and they're doing what we do, which is as a DJ just hitting play, you know, and mixing the song in. Um, so it's the 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 word dj has been used interchangeably over the last 10 years now because producers have rightfully so in my opinion have come forward and they're like well we want to get paid for, for performing our music too just like a band right. you know and you know so you have like calvin harris calvin harris is a producer 
okay, he produces his own music, but he gets buco buckos going to the mega clubs in, in Vegas and around the world yeah, yeah. to actually play that music as well. So, you know, producer and DJ are, are interchangeable in the fact, I think one way, meaning mm-hmm. a producer can be a DJ, but a DJ in a traditional sense isn't a producer. Right, right, yeah, that's a, like, like I said, like I've always made, I've always made edits, and that, that's the thing is like, people are like, hey man, you should make a remix of this song. That's like, I've gotten that sentence. Because yeah. people think that you're cool, they've experienced like, I don't know anything about this stuff, but I know that when I heard you play, it was super cool and I had a right, good time. Right. And I like this song, and I think that if you did it in your style, it would sound cool. So they know that, but, um, you know, and, and I make edits to where, you know, you mash up different things and you add different samples. And, um, you know, ma- mashing up is even just, you take more than one song or the elements of a song, an instrumental and an acapella, and combine them together in your own way. Um, no. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I would say, like, there, there are producers out there that you wouldn't even know is are is them on a on a different track. Like it's it would be like a oh who's a popular female singer out now like uh, um, Dua Lipa. Yeah, Dua Lipa. Like you would think that like oh like she has just some person in the background who makes her all her music. Well, turns out like nine times out of ten like it might be Diplo or it might be Cashmere Cat right yeah and these are like big DJs that people have heard yeah. right. names but you would never know it's them and it's like whoa is is, is that Cashmere Cat mm-hmm. like behind that like what's going on there or even like um, Ikali uh, Ikali was uh, uh, I think there was when uh, Black Panther came out um, there was like the guys who were making the, the soundtrack to or the theme music to Black mm-hmm. Panther, they actually used a Ikali like, like bass hit. Oh, it's yeah. Right. It's so, so cool. It, they would, they, it, this, they would show it in the interview and mm-hmm. Ikali always, you know, marks his, you know, Ikali snare, Ikali this or right. whatever it is. And so there it is. He goes, holy crap. Like my, my, my the, the, the kick drum I made is actually in, we, in, in the black panther wait can you yeah. back up a little bit the kick drum he made can you explain that a little bit so so that's that's the producing side ikali is a producer he produced mm-hmm. so when he makes a kick drum he has these these sub programs let's say within the daw within your digital audio workstation mm-hmm. um and you can have their their synthesizers there's all these crazy when, when the as a listener if you've seen you know all these crazy knobs there's now the same thing they do all those same things but it's on your computer it's digital you know so when he says he makes his own sub or his own kick yeah. it's like he's like making these frequencies and combining um you know modulators and all these effects different whatever to to make a sound so he's saying he put out there he's like hey here's my kick and it sounds like yeah. whatever it is um and then other people downloaded that right in their house in, and, in and alabama or whatever right. and they and they put it in they drag and dropped it and they put it into their beat pad and they made a song, and that song ended up on Black Panther. So that's that's what you're yeah, saying. Like exactly. that's so crazy, yeah. right? Yeah, like, insane. Yeah, and so that's what like I think when the average consumer hears producer or DJ, mm-hmm. they don't really understand how complex it is. And and I think that what should have happened is it happened so fast. But we need different terminology. I think is what should have happened here because yeah. it is mm-hmm. confusing as fuck, right? But but um, yeah, I, I think like getting to know the difference between DJ and producer. A lot of the times. Like me, for example, I've been a DJ. It's going to be getting more confusing. I've been a DJ forever, but now that I'm producing my own music, I have um, a plan of starting to do like some more MIDI stuff in my live sets. I have a plan of like 
bringing in vocalists for stuff that I write. Right. Like I, I write um, like the instrumentals um, or dink around on the piano keys and then I'll write the lyrics. But I'm going to release a song with someone else singing it. But it's I wrote it. I wrote the instrumental. But I don't particularly think that my voice is going to make this song as great as it right. would be. And you're so, doing the arrangement with the the overall track, right? As well. Yeah. And so and so looking forward in the future, it's going to be again the same confusing loop, right? It's like I am a DJ. I'm known as this or whatever. But this is my produced song. Also, it's not me. It's someone else singing it. It's right. kind of this confusing dichotomy. Well, I mean, a good example. So nitty gritty. Okay, nitty gritty. Um, he's famous right now for doing these TikTok videos where he just walks around and like gets different sounds, right? He did Walgreens one, which was hilarious. <laughs> he's walking through Walgreens and he picks up like a little plastic guitar and he goes, ding, and he's recording all of the sounds, right? And then he and then he puts it in. But a lot of people don't realize that. So Bad Bunny, right? Bad Bunny had 200 mile per hour, which was actually co-produced with Diplo as well. Yep. And so Nitty Gritty actually has a Latin Grammy. Oh, whoa. Okay. Because that song won a grammy and he's he made uh, some of the instruments and then diplo put his name on it but diplo and nitty gritty didn't sing it it's a bad bunny song right right yeah. and so it's 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 amazing to have like all of these like if you if you look at sicko mode there's like oh. 30 or 35 Dude. people that are credited on it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was so going to tell you. I, was just yeah. Wait, I didn't yeah. know that. Hold up. Can yeah. you explain? There's 35 people credited on that song? Um, I don't know if it's 35. I'd have to look it's up like on Wikipedia. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a shit ton. It's it's crazy. So I, I was reading an article on it. Yeah, look it up, Kelly. But yeah. it's, it's... So that song is so sampled that there's... Yeah. Now I got pulled off YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think as long as it's under five seconds, I'm Gucci. Uh, I haven't quite learned the copyright laws there. I learned those on SoundCloud pretty well. They yeah. To me in the, in the there, but. So, so all of the samples and all of the the arrangements, the notes, everything is everybody was credited on it, which, you know, that was the biggest song of 2018, right? 18? Yeah. Or Mobamba. Or Mobamba. <laughs> that one was the that one came out of nowhere. See, that's the thing. A lot of these trends in music are super weird. I <laughs> the more I like learn about society and like all the culture stuff, I'm like, man, I don't think we actually like these songs. I think that we're just being told that Force we like them. It. We don't oh, yeah. realize it. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of times, oh. as I've been more detached, like the last again year, a lot of the pop music that I used to really like, I'm like, oh, like. I was just I was just doing my job and like regurgitating it. Yep. it. Yeah, I didn't seem o- like it Old much. Town Road, classic case, dude. Right. I think Old, so Old Town Road only is only popular because it was on TikTok so yeah. much. Yeah. And it's little kids with smartphones, man. Right. <laughs> it's I like, mean, yeah, yeah, they, and they control. It's weird because little kids with smartphones. So, so that's the thing with social media that's new. That's sending music in different ways. Thanks for let me see that. Yeah, there's yeah. a ton of people who produce sickle mode. Um, it's it's like projecting us into into weird things i heard this thing on instagram they're talking about um you know getting rid of the likes on instagram yeah Yeah. and they were diving into that and they're like uh, i heard maybe it was gary v talk about how as an artist so say you create you have zero followers you have five pieces of art and they're just like the most intuitive they're all very different but you're like a, a wide ranging artist and they're all five different very important pieces of you like that you somehow got to some conclusion to make these intricate art well Number one and two, they don't. Nobody really likes those. Number three, that has five hundred views. Number four, that has seventeen thousand views. Number five, nothing. 
And so if these are different kinds of arts, your number three and your number four, you're like, these are what people like apparently, so that's what I'm gonna do. Right. But now you have other four parts of who you are maybe, or who you are trying to explore, this thing you're trying to communicate to the world through art that have now been like, you know, let's not really focus on those because people don't like those. Well, what if those people who like those photos, those whatever I said, whatever number, are all eight-year-old kids with TikTok? Right, right. So you just curated your creation you know, from your soul as a human, whatever this means, you just curated it based off of the likes that you got. Right. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that is a little, a little bit different. I think like music is, is we're seeing that with music, but I will say that's just popular music. I like, we all listen to not just popular music, right? right. Yeah. There's plenty of underground music that's not known uh, in all these genres. That is just fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Really original. There, I mean, it's it, when you really think about, and it goes back to accessibility, you know, when you, when someone, a producer, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, you need to have a full studio. We were talking about analog and digital mixers earlier. Right. You know, you'd have this whole stack of analog equipment and then you'd have your mixer in front of it. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to acquire the musical instruments to be able to, you know, you either have to have produce or record it live, you know, or you'd have to have like a sound bank or you do MIDI, you know, which was garbage. But the accessibility to be able to create music is, is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, you could pirate, don't pirate software, but you could pirate, you know, your your your, your DAW, and have a cheap three hundred dollar laptop and produce the next big hit. Right. You know, yeah. whatever big hit is in your mind, meaning mainstream right. or like all your buddies love it. Right. So yeah. That, that, yeah. It really leveled the playing field. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. I mean, I'm myself personally getting into making edits and you know making. Um, not not remixes, you know, we want to talk about that too, you know, difference between a bootleg and a remix and an edit. Mm. You know, a remix yeah. is something that's licensed by the artist. Yeah. You know, it's official. Bootleg is you have either stumbled across the different components for the song yeah. or, or stems, or you are, you know, basically doing a do-it-yourself acapella and then remixing it yourself, which is a bootleg. You know, you have an edit, which you're rearranging or mashing up two different songs so it's crazy like i said the accessibility to be able to create music and yet we have the same 20 songs that are being played on the radio or you know spotify or you mm -hmm. know and it gets, get, keeps getting regurgitated and we talk about you know oh i got to hear this song because it's the biggest song in the world i'm like you listen to it like 15 times already today like you yeah. listen to it in your car on the way here right. bitch. and just, you're gonna you're gonna listen to it on the else. way home right <laughs> yeah like yeah uh -huh. it, it's funny how it goes though i mean it, uh, a lot of times i do think it does does go back down to like the gatekeeper thing people like yeah. they, you know they don't have time to dive into all their own music taste but a lot of times people i don't i don't think they they, they think they can I, I don't know like it's like a Let's not even think about it. I don't know much about music. Let's just let this play. Right. I don't know. Uh, it, it's cool, like, seeing seeing where it's going. Like, uh, you know, sampled music is not new. You know, right. maybe, like, no. everybody remixing other cheap people's stuff, adding all these things. But, like, I don't know what the cap is. Like, Kelly just showed me the, the credits on Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. Well, not by Travis Scott. He's in it. Right. <laughs> it's like there's hundreds of people in it. You know, there are yeah. a few, few people in it. But... I don't know. It's it's just interesting to see what the future is. What do you guys think? Um, so so back in the day when there was bands, right? There's a bunch of people. There was there's predictions. Like I remember the Daft Punk album, uh, Gregorio Moroder, has like this vocal sample of like I predict uh, that that will be one person on stage or or something like that. What yeah. do you guys think in ten years? Where does like the the um, not only the bands but live just live performances, DJing bands, producers. Where do you think it's going? Ten years. 
yeah um even even how you said that like uh i think uh skrillex actually did a thing where they had he had george morrison from the doors who was like i think it's gonna be like a bunch of machines or it's gonna be like a tapes maybe that's what i was talking about maybe yeah Yeah. i don't know but um um it's music is like in this really cool crossover stage and it's it's like who would ever thought like diplo would make a song with um morgan wallen like right as a country artist it's country artist yeah Yeah. and diplo is like this you know very urban beat kind of guy right and uh it's you're seeing like all these different people like country singers come in and, and doing like um like edm or even like there's like uh even like rehab did a song with mitchell tenpenny or did the remix to that mitchell tenpenny song mm-hmm. and it's amazing it's so good and you're seeing i'm seeing all these different blends of music coming together because a lot of people are just saying screw the rules Right, and I think that's or that's, realizing there is no rules. There, there right. are no rules. Yeah, like I just wrote down because uh, I wanted to talk about it. There's no such thing as cheating mm. when it comes to music. But what do you mean there? What do you mean there's no such thing as cheating? So, uh, we were just on you know producing music there, and I I say that there's no such thing as cheating. Like, well, I okay, I guess I have to define this a little mm. bit better because you can't just go rip people off. You know, you can't just go, I'm going to do, I'm going to steal this whole track and then just make put, a little. Put my name over it. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, right. I mean, you can definitely make edits and that's that's fine. But you can't just be like, mm, this is mine now. <laughs> yeah. You'll get caught up um, pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so what I wanted to say, and there's no such thing as cheating. Like when you make music um, and you're just starting out and you, you go to, you hear a beat loop. Or you see a, a loop or a beat loop that's eight bars long, and you're like, "Gosh, I really like this beat. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this beat, and I'm gonna put my own guitar over the top mm-hmm. of it or something." And people are like, "Well, I feel like I'm cheating because that's not something I made." Yeah. But yet it's still not cheating yeah. in a way because it's like you're not. Uh, um, it's it goes back to like, well, I didn't I didn't pick up the uh, drumstick and hit the drum and and recorded it or I didn't skin the, the sheep to make this drum or I didn't, <laughs> right. I, didn't I didn't like where, where does it stop yeah, yeah I, at I, what point I, yeah. I, I and now now I'm a sheep farmer yeah and not a producer so right <laughs> yeah no no that's funny like, we, there, there's this like little thing that I think we've seen we sent every couple of years we send this picture back and forth do you remember this yeah. it was something along those lines like uh, I started thinking that uh, making my own or, or using someone else's drum samples was cheating so I started making my own and then it's like I started thinking that using someone else's drum was cheating so I started learning how to make my own drums yeah and then before you know it you're a farmer you don't make music anymore right yeah. <laughs> that's what I think that's probably what you're exactly. I, dude Kelly I think that's a great point um, like like thinking that you're cheating so that's something that I've come across lately so I am have been working with a ton of bands a lot of like yeah. crazy talented dudes who where I'm just like like I don't know what you guys are doing and how you're doing it, but it's really cool. Like a lot of really talented um, but, guitar players and stuff. And something that um, happens sometimes, it's like not that they do it on purpose, but I don't want to show them my shit because it's it's loops, it's samples. Like because I'm a DJ, that's that's how I learn. That's that's how it is. Like uh-huh. I can't pick up something super authentic. And it's like I have this feeling in the back of my head that they're going to be like, well, 
I'm a little more pure than you. That's kind of a cool little beat you got there, buddy. You know, but gatekeeping. It's, yeah, it's funny though. It's funny. Um, <laughs> they don't do it. They don't do it. Like they they don't they don't actually feel that way. You right. Know, it's, it's this like intuition that I have around them. But there is sometimes where some of the conversations, me as someone who is on the fence, um, or, or, or like on this like in between of like these different worlds of music. I think like I'm kind of just like foot in whatever door I can get it into. Mm-hmm. Um, like hearing them speak about other people um, not not like that they're talking crap but like hearing them downplay other people's music for not being uh, for, or for being loop based or right. for being uh, not, not original or like oh they, they just got those chords online right. or they don't know how to actually play those chords those things when I hear those things from like talented musicians Ooh. it discourages me so much and I don't want to show them anything it actually ripped my soul out I'm like well I'm an idiot and I'm not even in your yeah. guys' lane I'm not going to show you what I thought was cool it's funny, like, uh, th- there is no gatekeepers, but we still think that we need to, like, I'm not allowed to do it this way. Yeah. So I think just to summarize yeah. what you said, Kelly, there's no such thing as cheating, man. Like, yeah. you, you you can create whatever you want. You can beat on your lap, and you can record that, and then you can add some effects in there. You can you can take it from your favorite song and take the last fucking eight bars of your favorite song mm-hmm. and then go from there for five hours and see what happens. Right. I think it, it goes, yeah, screw the rules, man. Like yeah. screw the rules. Screw like, the rules. I think one of the the greatest singers still alive now is Dolly Parton. Easily, like, amazing voice. And I'm just, I'm kind of wondering why, why hasn't anybody else like? I don't know if it's just because she just doesn't want to work with anybody else. That's that's totally fine. She can Dolly Parton can do whatever she wants. Literally, but like, it's wants. like, why not get her on something? Right. Like, that would be so amazing. Like, I would listen to that song like every day, but. It's just stuff like that. It's like why, why put yourself in or yeah, screw the rules, man. Like right. just make music. But you know what is cool is in those same lanes of rules. Of this are also is screw the rules, but you can make your own too, right? So yeah. Kelly Saint Ange, if you're like, you know what, I think that Dolly needs to be on another song, and I think that I'm decent enough to make the song that she's gonna be on. Like I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I'm gonna make a song that I can get Dolly Parton on. You know what I mean? Yeah, like right. you can have these little pipe dreams. Like if you're like yeah. more people need to hear this, you can make that little lane. You can nudge your own little path. Like start your own little scene in your own town mm-hmm. and, and project it out five years and see what's what's going on. You know, right. you never really know what you're gonna get. Um, we are getting up here um, in length, guys. This is definitely something that I like. If you're down. Maybe every, every couple months or something, we can kind of chat on the world of DJing. Um, if you sure. guys have any other DJ homies, we can get this going. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I did want to, um, if there's anything else you guys want to interject, I did want to like talk about um, live shows and festivals. Just I kind of want to end on a fun note of oh, us yeah. being in nice. the crowd, not DJs, not working. Um, me, myself, um, if, we, if we could touch on, like, dude, festivals, outdoor music, music outside for me is like i mean again I, I said that cascade when i first saw him at the gorge was like changed me like yeah. like made me want to get into music but um do you guys have like like your ultimate for me it's festivals some people really like massives and by massives i mean like um like a huge like the wamu theater in seattle yeah. it's like thousand people inside um some people like the more underground some people like a hundred people in like a dirty club like like where are you guys at for me it's festivals all the way as an attendee man a festival mm-hmm. is the most magical wonderful feeling i've experienced yep uh yeah festivals is where where it's at so for me being older i mean i've done you know i started out with warehouse parties like we'd get the address the night of you know and you go until six in the morning and you walk out the sun's out you know you're a vampire um i've gone to that to you know doing club events and at 45 east and just good production and good artists you know but i'm starting to move into and i've done 
DSO, I've done Base Canyon, you know, those EDM style events, festivals, which are great camping. I love it. Um, I'm starting to get more into um, doing the immersive type festivals. So um, I'm queued up to go to Electric Forest, um, which I'm super stoked for. Mm. I did uh, the... Where's that at? What state? That's uh, Michigan. Michigan. Oh, right, right. Oh. And then we're doing... Um, I did uh, Eclipse Festival, which which was um, um, in 2017. So when I talk about it like an immersive festival, so immersive festival is going to have... Um, for another word, basically TED Talks at them during the day. Um, they've got yoga. Um, they've got genres of music that you have never even heard of. I mean, they have like live music. They have people that are doing um, live band, um, but then they have DJs. They have producers that are actually up there queuing their tracks and their you know and their their transitions and their instruments live. Um, they have camping, so you still get that festival feel. But um, going to um, that Eclipse Festival, um, Lightning in a Bottle is another one that I want to hit up. Um, you know, even farther as far as going to hopefully someday uh, Burning Man. Um, that's kind of where the direction that I've been going into because I've done the the big production events, million dollar shows. You know, the the big masses. You're like, yeah, this is really cool. Yeah, you want to rage, but you know how growing as an individual and as as an adult you know you get older and different things are more important to you you know health and body and mind and spirit you know going along those paths but it may still be able to experience amazing music that we don't get to hear every day so yeah Yeah, dude the the immersiveness of it is i'm with you on that when you said immersive festival i was like oh i should have added that word too definitely like when it's all when it's all in yep when you're when you're there you're in their world right like kelly and i we've been to um, what the fest there there's magic here there's magic here oh Oh, wait yo wait we should we should we we should tell tell that story real quick um okay we're gonna we're gonna end on this one story from this festival (laughs) what the fest um Thanks again, guys. We'll end on this story, but this is this is DJ Toasty and DJ Kells. Um, we do actually, all three of us, have a show together in April. I'm not sure what day this particular uh, podcast eight, is. Eighteenth. Eighteenth, April eighteenth. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so we have a show. The three of us. I feel like um, if you're in town in, in Longview area, we'll get Silver Star. Um, Brian is controlling all that. He has a lot of strings and ideas and really fucking cool things going on there. So that'll be fun. That'll be a glow party. Um, but anyway. We can include uh, info on that in the comments too, if you'd like. Right? Yeah, yeah, so that's it, cool. A couple of info on that in the comments um, on YouTube or wherever you listen to this app. But Kelly, tell me about this transdimensional turtle or, or this magic that you've heard of at this uh, festival. Well, do you want the magic or do you want the trans? I need them both real quick. Okay, it's so good. This festival so, is amazing. What the festival is a festival in uh, uh, Dufer, Dufer, Oregon, down down through the Dalles, and amazing festival. Rest in peace. What the festival mm-hmm. will miss yeah, they're, you. They're done. They're done. Um, uh, it just like what Brian said, it's a immersive festival. So you go there and you show up, and it's amazing. Like you just feel like really good energy there. Like people are positive. People will want to talk to you and to stuff like that. But um, so the transdimensional turtle, <laughs> it came because um, we inside the festival there was a gumball machine. And this and, is just in the woods. Like, this is yeah. on a path. In the yeah, woods. It's, this is how it's, cool this place is. They're like, you can go walk in the woods for a while. Yeah. Like, look at eForest photos and, like, think of, like, that kind of, like, lighting and stuff in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then there's this gumball machine. And it's a mission machine. So what you do is um, it's like a candy egg and you, you get your mission to do. And 
Jake's mission was, I think, to dust off the gumball machine. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was like clean it or something. But mine was to kiss a trans-dimensional turtle. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, we're both just like, what? I, yeah, mean? I'm like, what? The, I don't even know what that means. So we we go out we go throughout our night and it's it you, we stayed out all night like you can stay in in this festival like twenty four hours like you can go you, you can take a nap by the front stage like it's yeah. so cool it's yeah. so, they're like once you're here you're here you do whatever you want yeah it's cool. so awesome um, so I think Jake got up in the morning Jake likes to go on walks kind of clear his head and mm-hmm. and he goes. Kelly, I found it. I feel like I ran back actually. I, think <laughs> yeah. I, I ran, ran back, back to the campsite. I was so it was so profound because we didn't know what was happening. Right. And so, I was probably super fucked up when we did the <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. So tell, me, tell me about like what what how like what you're what. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so I was on this walk. Is like we were, we were up most of the night. Like you know you sleep for a few hours. Just the art of a festival, really. Yeah. Um, I went out and I was I was taking my walk in the morning and um, this festival is really cool. You can go like. Um, you like the front gates are like you just kind of wave at the dude as you're walking in. It's like if you're on our property, you can go in and out. Right, Whatever. it's yeah. so sick. So in the morning, I'm like walking through the woods. There's a few people here and there. You walk past like a yoga class. Right. Um, there's, I don't think there was music playing at this time. They didn't have music going in the morning, but you can start to hear like the camps throughout the area. Oh you know, yeah. There's, there's thousands of people here. Um, walking through the woods and way out, like not even like on the path or anything. I literally see this little thing and I take a glance and I look closely and it's like this little metal. I think somebody must have made it, maybe. Yeah. And it is a trans-dimensional turtle, like a little metal yeah. dude just out in the woods. Yeah, with like diamond eyes and like <laughs> yeah. a hat. Like, uh, you want? I should right. post like I should post like the picture of me kissing it because we actually yes, did right. So the two years that we went, we found we kept I found it again and I had to kiss it. So I'll, I'll post it in the the, the comments. But, yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. But uh. Yeah, so Jake Jake found it. He was like, "Kelly, I found it, dude!" Like we, you know, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, yeah. no way. Like ran back and like we, yeah. hey, excuse me, we gotta kiss this turtle. Like, yeah. We gotta get in here. But so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The so so the other thing there with the magic, there's magic here at yeah. this immersive festival, which is it's really something else. You know, you feel like you know we hear about Burning Man, we hear about all these places, and. I think the outside consumer is like, that is some crazy ass shit, and I am not that, so right. I'm not going. I think that that's kind of a lot of the point. You know, a lot of the point of Burning Man is, I don't know what it is now, and I've never been myself, but it's kind of like this, it's Burning Man. Like, it's this society of, like, whatever you're normally used to doing, set it on fire and see what the fuck comes out. And right. I think a lot of these festivals, the immersive ones, like, man, the amount of times that I'm just stone-cold sober, dancing around my arms, flailing around like a little, just a, an eight-year-old kid, uh, like you just feel like this whole, you know, well, and, so, and it's an escape. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. And there's there a bunch of other people who are just like you, you dance around and someone else notices that you're dancing around. They're like, Hey, you're awesome. I love you. Right. You know? Um, well, so this, the, the last thing we'll end on here, um, is <laughs> we were out playing this, was it a, a register like a money yeah, register like an old school cash register yeah. slash like beat machine yeah this old school cash register um it's again in the woods it's standing up i may have photos of that as well and um like we we walked up to it and you start hitting these buttons but it's hooked to a midi controller and oh speaker. that's awesome and so they program like a you know it's like right. almost like mario sounds and if you hit the right combination of buttons the register opens 
Okay. And it's like this thing that's like you don't know. Like you have to like we were playing it for for five minutes at least before the register. We didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. We're just jamming out. Um, and there was there was some sort of like there was a candy that Kelly was just talking about or something. Yeah. Like right before he he was like something about some candy that he really particularly wanted, like a certain flavor even. Yeah. And anyway, we this thing comes out. We hit the right combination and it opens. Yeah. And. In there is this candy that Kelly was just talking about. We had very, this like very that's crazy candy, yeah. like like this can't like the flavor, everything that we yeah. had yeah. long conversations Insane. the night before. And we're like, what? And then some dude walks up behind us, and we're in the woods. He walks up behind us, and he leans in between Kelly and I, like a movie. And he goes, "There's magic here," and he walks away. <laughs> oh my god! And Kelly and I, like, we, I mean, we probably high fived and hugged for like a half hour. <laughs> right? like, yeah, it was dude. just really cool. But yeah, man, it was it was so wonderful. That was what the fest indie for Oregon um, immersive festivals are. I think we're all kind of in agreement on that. Um, but yeah, guys, let's uh, let's go ahead and round it up. Our time's getting getting long here. Um, one more time, Kelly and Brian, thank you guys. So much yeah, I appreciate you having you. us. It's uh, we'll awesome. Have to do some more of these. So. Cheers, guys. Junkyard Love Podcast.